Greetings, citizens of Earth. You are barking a happy tune with my pal Smurf of Smurf and the Magic Tones on 5280 Geek. Live from the Figus Studios, it is Weekend Geek Update. We're back, been touring the world, did a small little stint at Nanda Parbat to hone my podcasting skills, to to get in touch with my, my inner geek and find my center, my warm, <laughs> gooey center. <laughs> Smurf here, welcome to the Weekend Geek Update, we've been on a bit of a hiatus we uh, took some time off. We did a little vacation, and now we are back, uh, ready to enlighten you, enthuse you, and otherwise point you in the right direction in the world of geek news and things that are going on around here and across the country. We are sponsored. Yes, we still have our sponsors. They're still here. They survived to 2023. We have Susie Q's, who is an amazing blacksmith who creates these wonderful works of art that you can wear their Jane mail jewelry is unmatched by anyone else out there on the market is probably the most unique gift you could give to yourself or to anyone else go to suzyqs.com or click on the link below go right to her page see what she's got our other sponsor is mr matt campbell from action line studios he is you know matt matt is an amazing artist he's an amazing storyteller and and he, he does a great job reading stories to people for $20, Mr. Matt Campbell will come to your house and read Mythica, his comic book that is just amazing. It's It has vampires. It has Scotsmen. It's, it's, it's unlike anything else out there. Go to ActionLineStudios.com and get like the, the trade. Get caught up. He's got some more stuff coming. It's a new year, new projects, new comics to come out. So we'll keep you up to date on what Mr. Matt Campbell's got going on. So, with no further ado, let's let's get caught up. It's been a wild couple of weeks, couple of months. You haven't heard from us since December as we took Christmas, the New Year, took some time off. I needed a vacation. Doing cons all season long was was a lot. It, it, I'm not going to lie, there there was a lot of con. Lot of, a lot of con going, a lot of just sitting, waiting, folding, unfolding. You name it, we did it. But we we, we, we don't want to cheapen the experience. We know here at 5280 Geek, we want to give you the full con pleasure, the con experience, con life at ground zero. So guess what? That's right. We're going to do more cons this year. I will be out on the road with Susie again this year. Red will be joining us in addition to um, a couple of other projects that will be coming along that uh, I'm excited to say will be um, involved with. There are some new contracts that have been signed. There are some new fun projects that we are very, we're very excited to be involved with. And there's one thing that I'm very, I know I have complained about this con multiple times and i have said many a a naughty dirty mean thing towards this con over the years but it looks like i will be returning to san diego comic-con this year i will be um 
Yes, it is unavoidable, and I have been accepted to San Diego Comic-Con. I will be on the floor. I will be all over this con, so there will be coverage this year from us, from San Diego. It's it's unavoidable. I put it off for as long as I could, and now here I am having to go back. Damn it. (laughs) But it looks like way before we get to San Diego Comic-Con, Our first con for the year is actually going to be very local. We are going to be doing the Colorado Retromania show. We did this last year at the Arapahoe County Fairgrounds, and it looks like they're adding another show this year, and it's going to be held at the Longmont uh, Boulder County Fairgrounds January 28th and 29th. So I'll be there. Uh, We'll be tabled. We'll be set up. We've got some some stuff to sling. I need space for statues and and con exclusives. So come by, say hi, get reacquainted, and, and just let me know that you're around. We also are going to have information for our, 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 our personal favorite con, the Colorado Festival of Horror. Now, if you've missed it, we did finally announce the dates, which are 15th, or excuse me, uh, September 15th through the 17th. We are really, really, really excited to be coming back. Uh, we have a new location. Go to 5280 Geek on the Facebook page and you will see our new video. Or you can go to the Colorado Festival of Horrors Facebook page and see the amazing video Vadim put together highlighting the last couple of years and the address and everything for the new year. We will have tickets coming up soon. We will have tables available for vendors and we'll have guests to announce. So, so much going on on that side that it will be... Um, it's, it's a lot to do, but we're excited to be back doing what we, what we're really enjoying doing. And that, that's cons. It's getting out, interacting, interviewing people, just seeing what kind of, you know, nonsense and mayhem I, I really basically can get into. And with the new crew and everything, well, not new crew, but existing crew, um, we got a new road road crew that we're going to be trying out this year so we'll see how that goes um i have a feeling that i'm just going to end up in a lot of trouble and um not remembering a lot of things just saying so that's what i've got so far for cons there are a lot more if you want to go to 5280 geeks calendar on the facebook page everything is there so far and it will be full there's a lot of read pop shows there's a lot of just uh, so many so many uh, fan expo shows there even a couple of other smatterings of others planet i know we're returning to dragon con this year so there are a lot of moving pieces so Send us a message if you want to know something specific. If you have a question, of course, always send us emails. The questions are back open, so uh, you can if you got some burning nerd thing in the middle of your nugget that you can't get out and you just want to know what it is, send me, send me that question. That's the question I want. Yeah, that one right there. There you go. Uh, Susie will be returning to the podcast uh, later this season. In addition to, we probably even going to have... Uh, Red come back and sit in for a couple times, so just to see what she's up to. We may, we might actually have a couple of new books coming from Red that we'll be promoting at the cons. So again, so many projects, so many things that have gone on. It's it is it's a lot, and it's been fun though. I promise. 
All right, and like I said, cue the, 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 the montage music. We're ready to kick off 2023. No, I'm, I'm not going to bore you with some montage music, but let's get into it. Let's start with what's most on my mind. What have I got caught up, caught up with? Uh, first off, menu. Holy hell, loved this film. Um, I think what this uh, will do for cooking is what Squid Games did for children's games. This is brilliant. And as a community service reminder, please cook your own food. The story is unique. Ray Fiennes is brilliant. Anna Taylor-Joy is, oh my God, just beautiful, first of all. And this is probably one of the <laughs> the weirdest films um, but most entertaining, I was, I was so hooked on this, uh, like right at the get go. And it's, it makes you think if Gordon Ramsay was a supervillain, what would that look like? And this is, this is it. Ray Fiennes delivers probably one of his best, um, performances that I've ever seen. He is just so good at his craft. In fact, everyone in this film, um, is great. There are some weird moments where I'm kind of like, eh, I, I can't really buy into like the whole bitter end at the, at this film. But there there were some moments where I'm just like, okay, I I can I can see that. There, um, I liked this one way better than I liked Amsterdam. I got I watched that film finally, and I really don't understand the hype on that one. Uh, it's just too. I don't know. It just seems kind of meh. Very uninspired, very dull-witted, just kind of... I don't think... uh, eh, I'm just not a fan of Amsterdam. And I've tried. I really did. But after watching Menu, and you kind of compare the two, because, again, Anna Taylor-Joy, yes, that's kind of like the new crush right now. Um, She's in both those films, and I... I can't take my eyes off of her. She's great in Menu. In, you know, Amsterdam, eh, it's okay. It wasn't the best, um, but it's an, it's an easy distraction. It's something to let us just, you know, step out, not look at anything, relax. It's, it's okay. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, if you're not a football fan, that's okay. We won't hold it against you. Last night, they had the uh, Super Wild Card show. And during halftime, they premiered the new Mandalorian trailer, which, again, I know I've said this before, and I, I'm going to say it again. I just love that they're just, they keep trying to pull the nerds into football. And I think, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just amused by it. Granted, the the borderline between... Nerds and sports has diminished. It's gotten a lot thinner, and there's much more crossover than there used to be. But I still think the the hardcore nerd is still eh, not too sold on football, which is fine. I know, I'm sure. And let's face it, The Mandalorian is keyed probably more towards the adult side of of the spectrum and, and or ended on like such a bombshell just as a side note holy balls so good um in fact those probably are disney plus's two better star wars hits 
Um, both of them are spectacular. I'm excited to see the new trailer that um, premiered. It's on 5280 uh, Geeks website, or not website, but uh, Facebook page. It, we're going back to Mandalore, and we get such an interesting kind of peek into what happened at the Purge. Looks like Grogu is kind of stepping into his own with his powers. Uh, we get a whole lot of Mandalorians, and it really, really is uh, ratcheting up. They are, uh, they've spared no expense, and I can't wait. Everybody is lighting me up, of course, now that I'm broadcasting because everybody wants to chat with me, and that's okay. If you want to chat with me, send me a message. The best part about this was. Just kind of like the peek into what we're expecting. Evidently, going back to Tatooine, there seems to be a much more inclusion into the Star Wars universe, which I'm liking even more. So it looks like we're going uh, away from the Outer Rim, going into a little more, other few other planets. I like that we've expanded into other planets, but it really looks like this year we're going, they're, they're, they've spared no expense, again, like I said. So, and it's just a small little peek, I know, and there's so much to come, and I just, oh, I want it, I want it now. March 1st is when we are going to see the new Mandalorian, and not soon enough, really isn't, but there's so much coming out, because we've got uh, uh, Mania coming up here in a couple of weeks, uh, I know we've got, uh, what I think Guardians of the Galaxy is right around the corner. There was something else in March that I saw. They, they are just releasing everything that I think has just been kind of bottled up for the last couple of years with uh, the blip. So we're finally getting caught back up. The other thing that I'm really digging on is Quantum Leap. Now, this show kind of like came in. I was a little uncertain such a huge fan of the original show and Sam Beckett and, you know, Scott Bakula and, and Dean Stockwell as Al. And it's just, it's one of those few shows that really struck a chord with me way back in the day. And to see it back in all its glory and then some has been tremendous. And it looks like we're about to cross into areas that the show probably eventually would have made it to, but we're really going to hit a big a big one this next well in the next couple of weeks i think january 30th is when it's coming back so you can get caught up really worth the watch i know if you were a fan like me and you probably were like eh, i can do without it really you're 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 shorting yourself if you haven't watched this give it a try it's really enjoyable also going along with childhood loves and this is something that came up a couple years ago uh, in one of our podcasts when Private Cheeseburger AA Ron uh, was sitting in with us at the time and Red and I were talking about a, a, another show, a favorite show of ours, Night Court. And Aaron couldn't wrap his brain around, what is it? Well, it's Night Court. It's court at night. And it was just one of those moments of just no one had any clue what it was. You can't find it on repeats anywhere, and if you do, you're going to have to pay for it. Um, it's been... I don't know if it's just locked up because of who owns it or who's in it or what, but I would love to see this show on repeats. We've got all these other ones that are out there. Why Why can't we get Night Court? But that said, 
Melissa Rausch from Big Bang Theory has revived the show and actually is going to be premiering on uh, the 17th, on tonight's uh, NBC. And I guess they are doing back-to-back episodes. We do get Dan Fielding back. John Larroquette is reprising his role as the DA, but he's not a DA. He's actually the public defender. So roles are reversed, and I've listened to a lot of the media and the press releases on this one because I'm just I'm fascinated. I loved the show. It ran for, I think, almost 10 years. I think it went uh, about 10 years. Lots of awards. The The crew was amazing. Harry Anderson, who I loved on Cheers, I would watch him anytime he was on Saturday Night Live, was just the most enthusiastic, happy people person you have ever met. Always did mag- Always had a magic trick, and I know that like most of the time annoys people, but he was really fun. He was really entertaining. He was really engaging. If you've never watched any of his his routines youtube it you'll see it so john larroquette who takes his craft very seriously of course you've probably seen him on the librarians uh stripes he was he that's how he got picked up was you know that he's also in a horror film he also did the voice for the announcer in the texas chainsaw massacre so john larroquette has done a lot of different things in his career and he's always said he he he's loved Night Court. It's where he he really felt the most comfortable, and it's fun to revisit and approach this character in a new way. Of okay, it's been thirty years. What's his mindset now? He's you know it, it's the future character of where you were. So he's very excited to pick up the reins and go on to continue the character's growth. Of course, unfortunately, everyone else in this show has passed away, uh, which is just heartbreaking. I know they did a 30 Rock episode where they got Mac, um, Harry, and uh, Sullivan together for like this little Harry and Christine get married kind of thing. It was cute um, if you're a 30 Rock fan. And I don't think they're playing into it too much but there is probably question as far as who the mother is for harry's daughter who is now the judge sitting on the bench so it it premieres tonight i'm excited to watch it if you couldn't tell but it you know it's just one of those shows when you're growing up you you just i mean it was like the golden age of of comedy for for sitcoms you couldn't you there's no way we could do it today like Family Ties, Cosby Show, Fresh Prince, uh, Night Court, all of these shows were just, uh, in their own right, just works of art. They were they were brilliantly done. The humor was all uh, above. You can't come. You can't even touch it. I mean, Cheers. Just some of the stuff that they came up with. I mean, even Friends fell short of accomplishing some of the things and humor that these shows did. I know they've tried, but it, it, they still fell short. And those, these shows are the ones that, you know, pull the most on the heart screens, the heart strings. So hopefully they continue. We'll see how this, this works. So fingers, fingers crossed, right? Shouldn't, shouldn't be worried. Well, and speaking of star Wars, I shouldn't say that the Andor and Mandalorian are the only two good shows for Star Wars. Bad Batch has also returned, and so far, okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I mean, it's it's 
it's the clone troopers. We'll see how much further into the Empire we get now that um, we've had a whole season. My hope is that Beta and Alpha meet. I would like to see um, those two characters run into each other. I don't know what other surprises that they will have in store. Knowing Dave Filoni, we're going to see a little bit different of a view of what's going on with the Empire and than what we've seen with Andor. And it's just... I really... I'm digging clone. Uh, I'm digging Bad Batch, Clone Wars. I'm digging Bad Batch simply just because it's just it's fun. It's it's an easy half hour, little you know, little excitement, little story, few explosions. It's worth the watch. I I'm again reserving judgment just simply because we're only on episode three, and it seems this show takes a little bit to to gear up. You know, get traction, get going. We had a good good run so far, but you know we'll we'll see. We'll see how that that goes. Uh, other than that, also on Disney, um, stay to the end, and I'll give you my take on Willow. Um, yeah, we'll get back. I'll circle around for that one. Uh, other things that are caught my mind, I um, this week premiered The Last of Us, which is based on a video game. And let me tell you something, I'm on this show was. Awesome! This, I, I, for an apocalyptic, depressing show, this had me glued to the TV. Everything that was going on, um, is just amplified by ten somehow. I don't know how if it's just the the angles and how they're shooting it, the characters. Pedro Pascal, of course, who plays the Mandalorian, uh, is one of the reasons that I I jumped on board with this. Uh, it is, and, and of course, Nick Offerman, who totally love, and I always watch anything that man does, but just the mixture of everything that's going on in the first episode and HBO has just had it on like continuous run. So not only did I watch it once, but I watched it almost like three full times because I just, I was so like pulled in and what was going on. I wanted to see more of what was like in the backgrounds. The second time I watched it and the third time I just, I didn't even realize it. I was just, I just stayed, stayed watching until finally like a crap. I got other shit to do. It is, I think everything the walking dead wanted to aspire to be. And I know that's a heavy, heavy price and order to put out there, but, um, it's not zombies, but it is, it's not, uh, end of the world, but it is, uh, and I don't know how they're going to get around the the monster, the contagion that is going on, and I don't want to ruin it if you haven't watched it yet, or if you haven't played the game yet, because you don't need to. I haven't touched this game in ages. I haven't. I didn't even finish the game. My brother finished it long before I did. I lost interest. I got distracted. I I decided I'm going to go outside and play in the sun. I I I didn't finish this game. Okay. I didn't get anywhere hardly at all in it. I gave it to my brother. That's 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 the end of the story. I hate to say that, and I know you should never just give away your video games, but I did. I just like here, just just take this. Now I'm wishing I hadn't done that, because I know he's not going to give it back. I didn't finish this game. I, I kind of had the premise. But just going in and watching this with a fresh pair of eyes, having a horrible taste in, left in my mouth from Walking Dead, um, this 
rejuvenated my interest in kind of the apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic world. And we see a very interesting transition as we do an intro, a jump, and then another jump. Um, it is spectacular. And I'm totally on board. Pedro Pascal, you there are Mandalorian tendencies, I'm not going to lie. And maybe it's just because, you know, I've watched Mandalorian so many times now that you get, I just, I'm just, I totally am in. But all I hear is the Mandalorian's voice when Pedro speaks. He doesn't do a whole lot of speaking, but it's there. And there's a couple of things he says, and I'm like, ah, that's the Mandalorian. <laughs> the overall premise of the story is very compelling and it is like some games rooted in scientific truth and it raises a very interesting question at the beginning of the episode that of course is the basis for the entire series now whether or not this series how long they have this series for or what what they have planned is all up in the air. Pedro Pascal, I know, is probably one busy motherfucker right now, so I don't think his time is that expendable between Mandalorian movies and, you know, whatnot. So, we'll see. Could I see this re- getting renewed for a second season? I guess. I mean, it depends on how this story goes. If it's a one and done, yeah, well, then enjoy the ride, and I, I can't wait to see more. If we get more out of this, even better. But... This is worth the, the, the trip. I can already tell. Um, and even that one little girl from Game of Thrones, the one queen, I can't remember her name, but she was like the little kid that went out like a champ. She was this child queen and just such a badass. I think it was from Hanging Rock, maybe? Maybe it was a Hanging Rock chick. But she was just wicked, and she went in it. She went out like a champ at the end. But... She's in it as well, and like I said, Nick Offerman, who I guess we get introduced to next week, every Sunday night. If you need something new to watch, this is this is the new guilty pleasure for Sundays, without a doubt. So, that in mind, speaking of being added on, and I really was going to wait to watch this show. I had reservations. I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it. <sighs> I was procrastinating. I had other things to do. It wasn't my fault. I don't know how many other different excuses I can come up with. But I did finally sit down and watch Wednesday. I was, eh, I mean, okay, sure. I know that Chaz Adams is a, a, a fan favorite of not only mine, but Reds and a lot of other people around 5280 Geek. And we we were we were scared as far as what was going to happen. So when they decided to renew it for a second season, it kind of made me move a little bit quicker in my viewing of this and, you know, figure I would get it out of the way. And I got kind of a mixed bag on my feelings on it. However, most of those feelings are pretty good, actually. Jenna Ortega as Wednesday is probably the most logical and sanest choice I have ever seen in selecting uh, a person for a role. She delivered Wednesday unlike anything that I could have imagined and even upped the level from Christina Ricci's portrayal of Wednesday in the movies. The jokes and the one-liners were so well delivered they were just flat and deadpan and it was perfect. It made you laugh. It made you feel like 
you know, the TV show, if you ever watched it, and the the films. Now, to be fair, it's more of like the first Adams Family film expanded upon with the Thanksgiving and Pilgrim Town and kind of the things that they had set out to achieve for the first film are definitely explored and expanded upon in the Wednesday series. So it 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 felt like a weird kind of like deja vu moment when you're seeing some of the things and you're like, Oh, they did this in, in the movie. Um, they also did this in the show. They, there are a lot of comparisons. There's a ton of Easter eggs, but it's, it's well thought out. It's very quirky. It's not crappy. It's not placating. It's inventive. And I appreciate that. They took the time to think about it. And if I didn't know any better, I'd swear Chaz Adams did have a slight hand, <laughs> no pun intended, in the making of this series. Jenna Ortega, I think, exemplifies Wednesday on levels that none of us had anticipated or expected. The rest of the Adams family, however, I was not as enthralled with. Um, it's, uh, it, it's weird because I'm also watching National Treasure and to, to see... Um, yeah, Catherine Zeta-Jones, it's it's okay. I don't know if she was the best choice for Morticia, and maybe it works. There is some kind of edge to her, and it's it's fine. I'm just, I think there were better choices out there. I know it's hard to hold a candle to Angelica Houston, who did an excellent job in in the film. And let's face it, Carolyn Jones as Morticia Adams, the original one, there's no comparison. Uh, and I kind of get back and forth with that as well for like a lot of the cast. The only person that I'm really enjoying or enjoyed as like a return was Christina Ricci, who, granted, doesn't play Wednesday, but the character that she plays is actually really well thought out and enjoyable. Uh, Gwendolyn Christie of Game of Thrones fan is brilliant and uh, I think one of the shining stars of this series as well but with the rest of the Adams family I'm just not feeling it and I want to I, I, and there's nothing else wrong with the the show I mean granted it feels a bit like um, uh, an, an amped up twisted Harry Potter Especially when you're dealing with like the little niche groups, it feels kind of more like the houses and and that such. It's an interesting take and everyone, you know, it's it's a private school. Of course everyone has their little groups, but you know, all the vampires hang out with all the vampires. All of the the Slytherin, I mean Siren, hang out together. There are some very interesting similarities and there is kind of a supernatural element that kind of crosses back and forth between that and Harry Potter. But when dealing with, like, the rest of the Adams family, we get kind of a, a little glimpse of what they were, which isn't all that much. And I think the, the focus on Gomez and Morticia's relationship is almost just kind of, eh. I'm not I'm not a fan. And I don't know if it's just because I, I'm, I think Luis Guzman is an amazing actor. I've liked everything that he's done. I just don't like him as... Gomez and again 
I know Raul Julia is the first person everyone comes to mind, and it's I'm not even having to defend Raul Julia on that because you can't. There's no comparison. But even with John Aston, the original Gomez from the TV show, I, I again I keep kind of pulling from all of it and just just uh, I think the choices for the Adamses missed the mark a little bit for me. And I I don't even really want to get on Aniston. I I just uh or Fred Armisen. I not I'm He had the voice. He kind of had the mannerisms of the original Fester, which I kind of enjoyed, but I I mean you can't there's some big shoes to fill. I mean, not only do you have Christopher Lloyd to kind of try and 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 beat, but uh, Jackie Coogan, who was the original Fester, I mean, he defined that role. He had the voice, he had everything. And as much as work as Fred put into it, I can appreciate it, and I almost don't see Fred coming through the Fester character. And maybe he's probably the one that I, I'm the most accepting of but i think i think maybe if we had more time with them than just the couple of episodes that they showed in they just kind of threw them in as like a meager little sprinkling a little tease if you will i'm sure season two we'll see a lot more lurch was great of course lurch just get a call tall dude and have him growl and you'd really you know it's not too much of a demanding role thing on the other hand uh stole the show for a, a disembodied hand it's perfect. And we even address like, where's the rest of him? Brilliant. And even even the answer was was classic Chaz Adams. It really was. And like I said, the story is good. We do get to see a little bit more of the Adams family history. And it it's it's a fun ride. I'm not saying not to watch it. Maybe I'm just being too nitpicky, and you know uh, that happens sometimes. But overall, Wednesday is a hit. I I did enjoy it. I'm excited to to watch it again. I probably won't revisit it until um, season two comes out. To be honest with you, there's probably too much else to watch. And I think I got I got the gists. I'm, yeah, I'm good. It's it's okay. Um, but there's a lot of other horror throwbacks. We got uh, you know a good uh, Christine in there, and yeah, there's there's some good there's good good references. I liked it, and I I think any horror fan will, any Adams family fan will, and especially uh, if if you're a fan of um you know kooky and spooky. Uh, <laughs> but overall, yeah, I uh, just, wow. And even Christina Ricci, I was waiting for her to just kind of like Wednesday out, but she never did. Jenna Ortega, like I said, is, is spectacular and um, it's it's worth the stream. So add it, to, add it to the list tonight. And speaking of national treasures, since Catherine Zeta-Jones is doing um, dual duty, actually she did national treasures before adams family which uh makes sense she's blonde and actually national treasures i've enjoyed it's been a fun little show just simply from reliving kind of you know the nicholas cage stuff i did like national treasures when it first came out and we do get they do address some of the easter eggs and stuff that happened in national treasures it is a continuation they do exist we get uh riley 
from the film. There's lots of mention of Nicolas Cage's character and what, what how this ends or where this goes is a very good question, but it's it's still kind of teeny-driven. It's edgy at sometimes, and it really does feel like a National Treasures film. And I, I'm enjoying it so far, but I haven't like really dived in. I'm not nitpicking this one at all, just simply because it, it's kind of, you know, just fun. The puzzles, the, 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 the American history, it's, yeah, it's worth a watch. In DC news, uh, <laughs> I don't even know where I want to go with this story. I, I only picked this because I could see it happening. Um, Kamal Najani, who you may remember from The Eternals, uh, from Deadpool. Uh, he He's actually really... I, I enjoy his acting. I enjoy his humor um, and how this, the, this man carries himself in a film. He recently quoted saying i'd love to tackle some something do you know dc comics do you know who ambush bug is uh and this was during his interview with happy sad confessed josh horowitz um so he continues on to say okay well i want to do an ambush bug movie he's like this newspaper reporter guy he's weird he also revealed the main reason he wants to do Ambush Bug film is because there's no pressure on it. Uh, if you do Superman, everybody's got a different idea of Superman. And if it doesn't match up, they're upset. Ambush Bug, nobody cares about. And I have to agree. Nobody cares about Ambush Bug. But this is where I think DC has an edge on Marvel. Because DC's beeline is so strong on characters and probably is better than the Trinity ever could be. You have a much deeper pool. Marvel's pool, a little, little more shallower once you get past, you know, the A-team. You know, once you, we, we're already running into issues. Now that we, we've burned through all of the Avengers, who do we focus on next? And Ambush Bug is an interesting choice. I don't... The problem is, knowing James Gunn uh, and his his flair for taking unknown characters, because at no time, and I know I've said this before, did I ever see Polka Dot Man as, as a character. Ever. <laughs> ever. So, Ambush Bug actually, I could see showing up in Peacemaker, or just something way out of the norm. Um, and if James Gunn even heard this, I'm sure his wheels are already turning. Now, Ambush Bug is like is exactly what Kamar said. He's a newspaper guy. He's green. He looks like a bug, and he's more comic relief than anything else. And he's had series, but it's it's so out there that. I could honestly see see it working. So if if you're not up to date on your ambush bug, by all means, please peruse uh, DC Online. I'm sure they have lots of stuff. In addition to, uh, yeah, nobody else has got back issues on this. So uh, go find his first appearance if you're specta- a speculator and uh, just sit on that for a bit. We'll see what happens. What else? Oh, I tried to watch the new Velma Scooby-Doo reboot on HBO. It sucks. Um, the jokes fall flat. It misses the mark, and it's nothing like Harlequin. Uh, where Harley succeeds, Velma 
really fails. Um, I don't. I uh, no. I I tried, and maybe it's not for me, and that's fine. Not everything is meant on to be for me on this planet, and I know. Again, I like to argue that, but it, it's true. And if you found Velma humorous or engaging, then that's fine. But it for me, it really didn't work. I know they're trying to do what Harley did, and um, that that that's fine. But I think you're 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 going in the wrong. You're going in the wrong way. The um. Uh, uh. This is what should have happened, okay? <laughs> now, I know they're kids. I know they're in high school. Um, if you're going to be, you know, edgy and over the top, then be edgy and over the top. But just just don't be coy with it and think you're being clever because you're not. What you should have done is the Apocalypse Scooby-Doo storyline where Velma is, I, I love Velma. Don't get, don't get me wrong. This is not, this is not my bitch about Velma. This is a bitch about just bad writing. If you wanted a story that would have been fun and compelling and like way out there, do Apocalypse Scooby-Doo where the world is turned into monsters. And the only ones that have been unaffected is the Scooby-Doo gang. That would have been a much better story, especially since Velma is one of the key reasons that the entire world gets turned into monsters. <sighs> this is just bad humor, bad jokes, recycled jokes, no less, and just really missed the mark in what I think they were trying to accomplish. I know they're trying to recreate the success of Harlequin, and that's that's fine, but um, it's it, it's obvious. It's a bad imitation. Avoid this show. Don't don't waste your time. The art's great, um, but the voices are annoying. The acting is atrocious. And again, like I said, the writing, not there. In other news, rumor mill mostly on this one. And actually, I'm kind of on board for this if it's true. Um, and I... I uh, I make it a point not to watch award shows anymore. I can't stand them. They're a waste of time. I don't care. Um, and you know what? I'm, I'm tired of the artsy films that people are making thinking, you know, for Oscars. Nobody's watching those films anymore. No one doesn't care. So the, the age of the award show, I think, has passed. And then something like this happens. Um, the Golden Globes uh, happen and Kei Hung Kwan, who you may remember is Short Round from Indiana Jones or Data from The Goonies. Now, if I mutilated his name, it's not a podcast unless I screw up your name, and I apologize uh, in advance. But it doesn't change my stance on what I'm about to say. There's rumors about him picking up the mantle for Indiana Jones. Everyone is kind of, kind of, everyone wrote this kid off ages ago. Um... His heart felt just emotional acceptance speech for everything, everywhere, all at once uh, was so genuine and just so from the heart. It, it It's almost moving to tears. Even I got a little misty. He, he thanks Steven Spielberg right out of the gate for giving him a shot. And that's 40 years ago now. I know. Do the math. It's it it it's 
kind of heartbreaking to think that he's just been kind of shelved and forgotten until now all of a sudden he does this this film who everyone is saying is getting Oscar buzz. He, his, his performance, and if you haven't seen it, it is an impressive film. I, I finally saw it when I was coming back from uh, New York, from New York Comic Con uh, just uh, a few months ago. And I, at the end of it, even, again, his performance is just emotional. And, and it, it's so, I, I, like I said, it is so genuine that you just feel it coming through the screen. And I think that's probably some of the hit to this film that is really all over the place. I mean, come on, we can just be rocks? Really? <laughs> If they do do this, and I'm really hoping that they do, we have the Dial of Destiny, which is right around the corner. Now, I'm not trying to kick Harrison Ford out of the chair, but even Harrison Ford said, this is it. I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging up the, the fedora. I'm hanging up the whip. But what would be a, a, a better like course of action than, than giving Short Round his shot? We all know that Indy's daughter or... Um, I, I guess it's not Indy's daughter, Indy's goddaughter or whoever, is supposed to be carrying forward with the mantle. And I think that's kind of premature before we get there because everyone thought for sure it was going to be Shia LaBeouf and nobody liked his character. I mean, nobody. I don't even think Shia LaBeouf liked that character. And and that's fine. But I honestly think giving Short Round the 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 way to do this is is fine now phoebe weller bridge being rumored to to take on the spot there's nothing wrong i have no problems with with whoever well i do i mean i am kind of guarded about indiana jones but who isn't i think this should be explored i think this needs to be looked at and i think this needs to be considered heavily just because even if we do move forward with her she she's gonna need someone to kind of help her take her under her wing we all need a sala Come on, and even Sala's coming back for this one. We we we, Indies is just as good as his surrounding characters, and to have short round back. I know he's not short anymore, but it would just be kind of fun to to have him. I'm I'm totally in agreement with this. I know, like I said, it's just a rumor, but it's a rumor that I I think it's a happy ending that I think would need to happen. I know we're never going to get the um. Goonies 2 sequel. I mean, we might as well just give that up and just to see him move on without, you know, it's just, it would work. Even in those scenes when he's being like all super serious in everything, everywhere, all at once. It's just, again, you just feel it. And he stole the show in Temple of Doom. Let's, let's give him, let's give him a shot. Come on, guys. I'm, uh, let's. Let's flood them with letters now. I mean, do, wait, do people still send letters? Do people even read letters? I mean, email just ends up in spam folder nowadays, so I don't know. That's, that's a very good question. Eh, anyway. Uh, yeah, totally, totally on board for that. Uh, what else? Uh, that's kind of it for the news um, without boring you too much. And my final take uh, this week is Willow. And I kind of mentioned this when uh, just before we went off for the season, before we took our time off our hiatus. I wasn't sure what was wrong with Warwick Davis. I, I didn't know if he if he was always a, like that bad of an actor, or he just was rusty, 
or if this is what the character called for, or any of that. And there are some great moments in the first few episodes, and as the series progresses, okay, I'm I'm not completely against this series. I there are some moments where I'm like, eh, like seriously, like the Thirteen Ghosts remakes is the minions in the or the the monsters. Uh, okay, I think you could have come up with something a little bit different, some different monsters. But seriously, they all look like they're out of Thirteen Ghosts. The characters are not really original. Reimagined is probably the best term. And we still don't really get a Mad Mardigan, but we get kind of some closure and some up-to-date stuff as far as what's going on or what happened to his character and the kingdom and the kids and everything that has moved since the film. We even get a nice little peek on what's going on with the brownies. And <laughs> I actually would have liked to see more of that. But uh, it's not in, it wasn't in the cards. What is in the cards is a very good question. And they look like, if we can interpret from the final glimpses, two more seasons of Willow are to follow and to complete this, this story arc. <sighs> Was it fun to see Willow back in action? Yes. To, say, to, 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 to be honest with you. There were some fun, nostalgic moments. There are some great callbacks, and there are some characters that are returning from the film to carry on the story. And that I appreciate. That I enjoy. But there's just so many just different angles on where they're going, and maybe it's just too many characters or just too much interests. I don't know. Uh, it, uh, yeah. Maybe it's just because I'm missing Mad Mardigan, and and that very well could be it. I mean, we Borman is no. I mean, he's 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 kind of Mad Mardigan's. You know, uh, I guess to, I don't know what he was. He was there when Mad Mardigan disappeared. He got away. He shows up, and now you know he's he's a prisoner, and now he's helping the the crew make up for his past deeds and doing the best that he can, but he's no mad Mardigan. And we get Sorsha for a couple of episodes, and I would actually like to have seen her get back on the horse and get back out with everybody else. But it wasn't, well, she's queen, and, you know, it's kind of hard for justifying the queen to go out and you know, do whatever needs to be done. And uh, But, again, good to see the character. We do hear Mad Mardigan's disembodied voice, and maybe we will some point get back to Mad Mardigan and what's going on, but... Borman is kind of a very abstract, exaggerated look. The problem is we we get like a small glimpse of these characters and they're thrown into extreme situations and it just reads like a bad D&D campaign, in my opinion. The characters are okay and they do their best to flesh them out and there's a lot of, you know, back and forth and angsty stuff, but all in all... It's it's still fun, and it's still in the main thought and inspiration of what the original Willow film was like. I I will probably continue watching it if it comes back. And everybody did a great job in in the series. I, none of them were like, you know, I, I, I can't stand this character. All of them, actually, I do genuinely care about the character. They did a good job in building your care for them. I'm still not a fan of them basically making the women stronger by writing the men weaker 
I'm still kind of not sold on that idea or that premise. And it's not as obvious or as prevalent in this series as it has been in some of the other DC or DC other Disney products. But it's still you can still write strong women characters and still have them be just as strong as male characters and to dumb it all down to make them look better is is poor lazy writing and i know people give me crap about that all the time but it's true you can write strong characters doesn't matter who or what they are just write a strong character the overall message is inspiring actually and that's kind of what made me end with this on a high note because as much as I know that they're trying to find some new idea and rehash old ones to get content out there because they don't know what to do. They don't have any idea what to write or what's hot or basically starting from scratch with a new, you know, higher budget television service. This was fun. It, it, it did have that feel of the film that I did look forward to. I'm not going to lie. Every week I did seek out the show. I knew I had I had my routine. I, I sat down. I, I I had my popcorn, and I was prepared to watch it. Now, I I know a few people got pissed because they hated that it would always leave leave on a on a cliffhanger, and as it should. And that's kind of what was the draw. It was it was fun. It was still engaging enough, and it it pulled you in that you wanted to see what happened and how they orchestrated that and built this world and expanded upon let's face it willow was only an hour and a half maybe hour 45 minutes there wasn't a whole lot of world building that went into it you kind of extrapolated things as they went along the way and just kind of invented this world that we never saw we never saw anything else to it even though they said we would be coming back to willow which they never did i mean it's for whatever happened it got shelved and that's fine it happens so to see them expand on it to give us other characters some things that we haven't seen especially when you're dealing with the likes of harry potter game of thrones uh lord of the rings there is some stiff competition in this field believe it or not and to walk away with something kind of new is an achievement and it was it was fun Nobody else has got, you know, little little willow people want run, running around. And there are some characters that we have not seen in the other mentioned shows. So I, I, I applaud you on that. I will come back. It was fun. Um, yeah. So give it a try if you haven't watched Willow. If you saw the old film, it, it, it will make you laugh. It will it will it will. <laughs> make you feel like a kid again that i can agree that's my take on willow give it a watch let me know what you think and that kind of wraps this week actually that was that was quick um i had a lot more to talk about than i thought so let me know what you think give me us a like give us a share tell your friends about us we are back we're ready to entertain you for 2023 2023 season jeez oh wow i'm getting old Anyway, eh, and on that bombshell, we shall say goodbye. <laughs> In the meantime, run fast, laugh hard, and always be kind. Good night.